The National Nuclear Security Administration, responsible for safety and maintenance of the nation's nuclear weapons stockpile, recently refreshed its view of itself, its mission, and how it operates. With what's new in the agency's strategy and why now, the NNSA Administrator, Lisa Gordon-Haggerty. Ms. Gordon-Haggerty, good to have you on. Thank you, and thank you for having me today. What prompted this reissue of the strategy documents and why at this particular time? Well, this is the first NNSA strategic vision for President Trump's administration, and it replaces our previous 2015 NNSA strategic vision. The 2019 strategic vision lays out my strategy as the administrator for meeting NNSA's national security missions. And so we have to reflect now on priorities for the present time and also in the future. The strategic vision lays out uh, and gives our cues from the National Security Strategy and the Nuclear Posture Review, which were both released in 2018. And have they changed that much? Because when I think of NNSA, I think of maintaining the stockpile, and the stockpile hasn't really changed in quality or quantity that much. So what could be new in the strategy that might be of note? Actually, what has changed is our threat environment. Since 2010 and beyond, we've, we've actually seen a current threat environment that is dynamic and increasingly volatile and unpredictable. Uh, we've got challenges with China and with Russia, and the geopolitical situation for our nuclear deterrent continues to evolve. And uh, we do have some emerging and enduring threats from rival powers, like I said, China and Russia, rogue states and terrorists. So while our nuclear weapons and our infrastructure age, uh, we have to make certain decisions for now and for the future for the next 20 to 50 years. And that's exactly what this strategic vision, our governance and management document, and our roadmap lay out. And as you mentioned, the many elements of the nuclear stockpile are quite old, but the strategy refers to that need for long-term investments, as you put it, to reduce short-term fixes. Tell us more about that. Certainly. Well, uh, if I might, um, let me make note of the fact that uh, the United States is the only nuclear power that is not either designing or or constructing new nuclear weapons. We are actually modernizing our existing nuclear weapons stockpile. And fortunately for us, we have the best technical and scientific expertise in the world, and we are able to extend the age of our current nuclear weapons stockpile. But with that comes uh, making sure that we have a robust workforce Right now, we are 44,000 people strong. However, uh, in the next five years, more than 40% of our workforce will be retirement eligible. Coupled with that is the fact that we've allowed our infrastructure to age. And nearly 50% of our facilities are more than 40 years old. And in fact, 30% of them were constructed and built in during the Manhattan Project, which is nearly 75 years ago. So we really have a lot of issues ahead of us. And that's what this vision and the governance and management and our strategy is going to uh, deal with. We're going to deal with our workforce requirements for the now and in the future, as well as our stockpile issues, and most importantly, our infrastructure. We need to have modern infrastructure to maintain our nuclear weapons stockpile, thus our nuclear deterrent. Yes, because I guess as you refresh and keep the weapons going and do the non-destructive testing and so forth, they sit in stockpiles, they sit in buildings, they sit in tubes in the ground. All of that, I guess, could pose a danger. 
It could, but again, uh, we uh, maintain our nuclear deterrent with a robust program to sustain them to make sure that they're safe, secure, and reliable. And if there should ever be an issue with our stockpile, with any of the bombs or warheads in our stockpile, we would certainly address those issues immediately. But fortunately for us, like I said, we have the best technical and scientific expertise in the world maintaining our nuclear weapons stockpile. We do regular uh, maintenance on the stockpile. We look at uh, the features of the stockpile to make sure that they maintain all of the critical safety elements and security elements outlined by Strategic Command, which, of course, is our customer. And also, you mentioned the rebuilding or the, uh, I guess, modernizing of some of the old weapons, like there's something called the W80-4, which in the report sounds like something building something new. But tell us what actually is going on there. Actually, we have five um, programs that we are executing right now, and that's what I was talking about, where we're maintaining our current nuclear weapons stockpile. Uh, We have to upgrade, if you will, uh, the nuclear weapons from time to time, uh, maintaining their safety and security. And in fact, uh, one of the oldest, uh, the oldest system that we have in our stockpile was actually introduced in the 1960s. Our nuclear weapons were designed for roughly a 20-year life. Uh, And now what we're doing is extending them to up to 60 years uh, because we have capabilities, uh, robust capabilities in our scientific and engineering uh, locations, Los Alamos, India, and Livermore, and our production facilities throughout our nuclear weapons complex that can complement and to maintain that can maintain our nuclear weapons stockpile. So the W80, the W80-4 is the Air Force's new long-range standoff cruise missile. We also have a second life extension program going on with the B61, which is a gravity bomb for the US Air Force. Uh, so we have a number of different programs. We have two modifications that are existing right now, which is the W87-1, which will be the W78 uh, legacy weapon for the ground-based deterrent. And we're also right now modernizing our W76-2 is the U.S. Navy's Trident 2D5 submarine launch ballistic missile. Uh, finally, we do have one program that we are calling a major alteration, and that is the W88, which is also the U.S. Navy's Trident 2D5 submarine launch ballistic missile. So we've got a lot of challenges ahead of us. We're busier than ever since the Cold War in our entire nuclear security enterprise across our eight labs, plants, and sites. Uh, But it is a very exciting time for us. We have challenges ahead of ourselves, but we think we are on top of it. And we are working closely with our partners, our allies, and most notably, of course, our customer, the Department of Defense. We're speaking with Lisa Gordon Haggerty, Undersecretary for Nuclear Security and the NNSA Administrator. And let's talk more about the workforce. He said there's 44,000, a large number are eligible to retire. What are the kind of skills that you need? Because as I understand it, you've got not just policy people, but engineers, technicians, and even assembly and factory type of people that touch these devices on a regular basis. That's exactly correct, Tom. Uh, We need pretty much every type of skill set in our workforce. We need policy analysts. We need foreign affairs specialists. We need lawyers. We we actually have our entire team of general counsel, uh, as well as the best and brightest, the scientists and engineers that actually design and maintain our nuclear weapons stockpile. We need technicians. We need wrench turners. We need just about every 
every type of skilled workforce that you can imagine. Coupled with that, however, is the challenge that we all have, which are in the national security community, which is maintaining security clearances. So it's a challenge when we bring somebody new on board. It takes roughly a year to obtain a, new, a security clearance at any one of our labs, plants, and sites, our field offices, or our headquarters. So that presents challenges for us, but we are breaking through the old paradigm of government hiring and even contractor hiring. We've put together a human resources corporate approach and strategy for all of our teammates uh, so that we can reflect upon best practices, um, look at lessons learned for hiring. Uh, we are finding pipelines from different colleges and universities across our entire United States. We're going out. We have National Security Enterprise Days. Uh, we've been at Georgia Tech, Texas A&M, Purdue, University of California, Merced, and that's just the start. Um, and most notably, here in Washington, D.C., we had an event in January uh, where we had 1,700 people apply for positions, and we offered 53 positions on the spot, which is unheard of in federal government hiring. So we're, ba we're really breaking the paradigm of uh, the the problems associated with uh, federal government hiring. We're finding different and innovative ways to do exactly what we need, which is to maintain our workforce of the present and also focus on the workforce of the future. And we are actually having another recruiting event here in Washington, D.C. on Thursday, July 11th in Crystal City. So if, you're, if any of your listeners are looking for a job or know somebody who's looking for a job in our very exciting space in national security, please tell them to go to our uh, website, which is energy.gov backslash NNSA backslash job fair uh, for more information. We're very excited about our next recruiting event. And what is the selling proposition to those people in the technical or engineering or wrench turning types of jobs when there are so many exotic new technologies coming out and electric cars and rockets in the private sector. And here you get to work on this thing that was made 60 years ago that's odd and you can never see it work, hopefully. I think you're exactly right. And as a matter of fact, we uh, we consider ourselves one of the best places to work in the federal government. We do offer an exciting and rewarding career in national security. Many people say, well, they prefer not to don the uniform of our great nation. However, we give them an opportunity to work in national security at wonderful locations from San Francisco to Aiken, South Carolina, Washington, D.C., the panhandle of Texas. It's a very exciting and innovative prospect. Uh, and it's a very rewarding career for us. And uh, I've been in this community for more than 30 years, and I'll tell you, every day is an exciting day at the NNSA and Department of Energy. And let's talk about the Navy and your role in refueling and taking care of the reactors that the Navy operates on surface and submarine ships. What are the key initiatives going on these days besides possibly refueling the USS Truman? Yes, exactly. Um, in, in addition to our responsibilities for maintaining a safe, secure, and effective nuclear weapons stockpile, and in addition to our responsibilities for technical uh, support to nonproliferation, counterproliferation, and counterterrorism programs, we are also responsible for the military, militarily effective, safe, and reliable nuclear propulsion systems that enable our U.S. Navy to maintain its forward presence, whether it's on aircraft carriers and in submarines. 
Philippines. So we have a lot of challenges there. We are uh, developing, we're undertaking uh, the development of the next generation submarine, which is called the Columbia class. We are also refueling and overhauling a land-based prototype reactor in New York at the Kessel Ring site. Uh, that will recapitalize our vital research and testing capabilities. We will be able to train nuclear operators, continue to do so for our nation's fleet. So we're very excited about that. And then finally in Idaho, we are recapitalizing the spent fuel handling facility there, which is where we will be doing the uh, spent fuel uh, from taking the spent fuel from submarines and uh, maintaining it uh, in a safe and secure location. Now, when it comes to those reactors that will go on the Columbia class and, and redoing the ones that on, on the existing ships and boats, who builds those? Are they actually constructed by NNSA or do you work with contractors and how does that whole partnership operate? We have a partnership. Uh, one of my deputy administrators is Admiral Frank Caldwell, who's the director for naval reactors in the United States Navy. That's the old Rickover, uh, Admiral Rickover program. Uh, he is one of the deputy administrators here at the NNSA. He is also dual-hatted with the U.S. Department of Navy uh, as the head of naval reactors. So he's got those two responsibilities. Uh, we are also building, as I mentioned, with the Columbia class, which is our next generation uh, nuclear submarine. Uh, we are building a single reactor for the f the life of the ship, meaning we will not have to bring uh, the ships as we do now, the submarines, into port, cut them apart, replace the reactors. We will build one reactor for the entire lifetime, which is more than 40 years, what we're anticipating for the Columbia class. So that will take us out to the 2080s, which is very exciting for our national security because, of course, that is probably the most uh, nimble part of our nuclear triad, which is the submarine force. But those are built by staff or are they built by contractors? They are built, they are built by both federal employees and contractor staff. So uh, we think of ourselves as a team uh, because we, do, we have a federal presence which provides the necessary oversight of the con construction and operation and uh, contractors actually build those. And over that 40-year lifespan where they will be a single reactor for the boat, do they need refueling at some point? And besides that, how often do they need to come in just to make sure everything is in tip-top shape? Well, that's actually the beauty of the uh, design of the Columbia class and its reactor is that it will be a single uh, reactor for the entire life of the ship. So we will not have to bring it in to uh, remove and uh, put in a new uh, reactor plant. Uh, we will actually have one reactor plant for the entire lifetime of that uh, that boat. Uh, boats come in from time to time to conduct maintenance uh, and also obviously to uh, service um, the staff, the sailors and the officers that are on board, certainly for provisions and things like that. Uh, but other than that, uh, that will be one of the highlights of the new Columbia class um, uh, ship that we are undertaking right now. We're speaking with Lisa Gordon Haggerty, Undersecretary for Nuclear Security and the NNSA Administrator. And the third triad, if you will, for the NNSA is nuclear smuggling detection, deterrence, and that's a anniversary that you're talking about these days. Yes, we are. In fact, uh, soon we will be having the um, nuclear smuggling uh, detection and deterrence, the 20th anniversary of that event. Uh, and that highlights all of the activities uh, that we have undertaken globally since uh, the 
fall of the Soviet Union, where we were trying to help the uh, Russian Federation secure their nuclear and radioactive materials. Uh, if you fast forward to today, uh, we are working with over 70 countries uh, around the world, uh, working to secure and to maintain and to interdict and also disrupt nuclear terrorist trafficking. So we are working on very robust programs with our counterparts around the world, including Interpol and others, um, to, to ensure that we maintain a safe uh, and effective way of working with radioactive materials around the world safely, however, uh, but also interdicting and disrupting potential adversaries or terrorists that would want to get their hands on this radioactive or nuclear material. I imagine of all the missions, that's the one where there are the most wild cards and in which you probably worry the most at night about is something that's so difficult to control because it's not simply the United States that has access to these nuclear materials. That's exactly right. And so it's our mission and responsibility to provide a robust global nuclear threat reduction program. And what that does is that aims at preventing further proliferation of weapons of mass destruction and radioactive material. And in our global security environment, uh, we're always worried about the threat of nuclear proliferation and nuclear terrorism. It is one of the most serious challenges facing the United States and our allies. And so what we do is work day and night to provide the technical expertise, both to resolve these incidents, to interdict them, and to work with our international allies and partners uh, to ensure that they also have robust programs. Uh, because if, if they can interdict and disrupt these programs in their home sites, it's less likely that uh, such accidents or incidents will happen here in the United States or, or against our partners and our allies. So it's a very robust and capable program. Uh, unfortunately, however, we also have to maintain a capability uh, to conduct uh, nuclear counterterrorism operations, and that's for an area for which we are responsible as well, and that's to go in and uh, interdict and work with our FBI and our Department of Defense colleagues uh, in the unlikely event of an act of nuclear terrorism. Uh, we'd be the responsible agents to provide the technical expertise uh, to resolve an act of nuclear terrorism. And backing up to the strategic documents covering all of this, you have a new governance and management framework focusing on so-called one NNSA team approach. Tell us more about that. Certainly. Um, what I'm very interested in is working as one team. Uh, as many people know, uh, the Department of Energy is made up of federal employees and also a quote-unquote contractor workforce. And uh, those, are the, the, those are our teammates that are located at our labs, plants, and sites. And in order to be most effective, it's my responsibility to ensure that everyone knows we have the same uh, mission, same focus, and same scope to get to mission execution. And in order to do so, we must must work as a team. It's not an us and them approach. We are a team and we all have to work collectively to be sure we can execute our incredibly important national security missions that NNSA administers. So it's simply put, it's saying that everyone has a role and responsibility. They will be accountable down to every last person in our 44,000 workforce 
person workforce. We must be accountable and responsible for our actions. We do, after all, conduct high hazard operations at many of our facilities, and so we have a responsibility not only to our workforce, but to the environment and to the local population to work in a safe and secure and sound manner. And in order to do that, everyone needs to know what their responsibilities are. And so that's what my governance and management vision is for our NNSA. Um, again, simply put, we are a team. We work together. We work as a unified organization. Everyone has responsibilities, but we all have the same, if you will, eye on the prize. And just one more question with respect to facilities and the buildings and the infrastructure supporting the nuclear enterprise. You know, Congress, there's lots of opinions on nuclear weapons and that whole question. But do you find that at least you get a more or less unified response on the need to upgrade the infrastructure for the weapons that we do have? Well, Tom, that's a very important part because that really underpins our entire program. If we don't have the necessary infrastructure in which to conduct our operations, uh, then really uh, we're not going to be able to carry out our missions. And yes, we have, as I mentioned, we have a very challenging situation right now with our infrastructure. We have a very robust infrastructure modernization program ongoing. We have very strong support, a bipartisan way in Congress. Uh, to support uh, many of the challenging requirements that we have. This is not something that's going to take place overnight. It's going to be many decades to improve and modernize our infrastructure. As I mentioned, 30% of our infrastructure was built and constructed during the Manhattan Project days, which is in the 1940s, and we're still operating in those facilities today. We really need to give our workforce the type of modern and safe facilities in which to conduct our work. Uh, but again, thanks to Congress, they've been mostly supportive of all of our efforts uh, to date and going forward. Lisa Gordon-Haggerty is the administrator of the National Nuclear Security Administration and Undersecretary of Energy for Nuclear Security. Thanks so much for joining me. You're very welcome. Thank you. We'll post links to the strategic documents and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.